Thank you, Bryn. It's really, uh, it's really good to, to be here. Um, Brendan is kind, and I think that's what I really respect him. He's a gentleman. He's a gentleman. Tash, he's a gentleman. It's really amazing. <laughs> she does. She was blushing. It's amazing. It's good to see James and Griselda, which I haven't seen for a long time, friends from Stellenbosch and Wes. Uh, we have uh, family members in our two churches together, and it's well lekker. Mike, Mike is a legend. He also, uh, we just know him because Mike is the alpha guy. Uh, he's preaching alpha to everyone. And so it's so good to see James and Megan as well. James was serving our church very well, and then he married Megan, and uh, he got raptured. It's amazing. <laughs> it's like a... <laughs> so we, uh, we, yeah, he's still doing some payback because we, we really miss you. Um, but it's good for me to be here, and... Um, I'm going to, as we were worshiping together, I thought to just uh, change the message because uh, I just felt that God is really smiling on you today. And it's, a, it's an image of God that I've, I've had for a number of months, just of God delighting in His people. God really delighting in His people. You know, we, we have, we're a culture that is, so, that is so geared towards performance and when I do good, when I do well, I get the applause. But our God is a God who delights in His children, who delights in the prosperity of His saints, the Bible says, the fruitfulness of His saints, the, the shalom of His saints. God delights in you today. So I, I thought to just share one of the most well-known scriptures in, in the Bible, one of the most quoted scriptures in the Bible, and it's a scripture from Numbers. As the Israelites were embarking into, into the wilderness, um, they, they were just on the edge of the wilderness, just on the other side of, the, of the, the Red Sea. They just came to Sinai. They just received the law. They just, uh, God just made His tent among His people. And then the Lord said, this is the one thing. T Moses, tell Aaron, your brother, tell, tell the high priest this one thing, that him and his sons, this is the one thing you do daily. This is the one thing, as these Israelites are embarking on a very treacherous, uncertain journey, you know, they were delivered from slavery, they are going to a land filled with milk and honey, a land that is fruitful, a land that I've promised you, the good land, the good place. But for the next while, and they didn't know how long, for the next while, things will be uncertain, things will be, you will feel vulnerable. And I think that's why I love this text in this time, because our world is quite uncertain, <laughs> and we feel vulnerable. If you don't feel vulnerable, you can babysit some of our children for a weekend, and, you know, humility will kick in. But our world is a vulnerable place. Humanity is a vulnerable condition. And God said this. God says, I know, I know these people need courage put in their hearts daily. Their terrain will change constantly. They will not have the security of lots of money, of lots of things, possessions. They will only have daily manna raining down on them. So tell these people daily that I'm a God who not just delights in them, but I'm the God who is with them. I'll protect them. I will smile on them. I'll be gracious to them because they will know, they will be reminded of their fallenness on a daily basis. Tell these people daily that I'm the God who is with Encourage them daily. So I just thought at the end of a year, which was wild again, <laughs> I thought that, um, I just felt that God is saying, tell these people 
that I'm the God who is with them, encourage them with the knowledge of who I am. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to read this well-known text that you know of by heart. And then I'd just like us to just respond to God's invitation of Him reminding us who is this God who is journeying with us through this uncertain time. Father, we thank you for your presence here. I thank you for this joyful atmosphere. God, I thank you that you're the God who delights in the honoring that's happening here today. You delight in the community that you are building, God. You're applauding your people. And thank you, Lord, for reminding us today who you are. And we pray that through your spirit, God of hope and endurance and encouragement, will you encourage our heart with hope and fill us with joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amazing. Moses said to the people of Israel, he said to them, Aaron, tell God daily that, tell these people daily that the Lord bless you, that the Lord keep you, that the Lord makes his face to shine upon you, that the Lord is gracious towards you, that the Lord lifts up his face, he pays attention to you when you speak to him, and tell them that my heart is to give them peace, shalom, tell them that I will give them peace. And he says, I want you to do this daily. And watch how I perform it. But he says, in doing this, you will put my name, my character on my people. If they are constantly reminded who I am, they will become like me. They will become like me. A people who is gracious, a people who is kind and delights in others, a people who protects the vulnerable in society, a people who pays attention to the nobodies in society, and a people who cultivates shalom, who sows seeds of peace among his people so that a welfare, a garden of peace can grow up, as James 3.18 says. So the first thing there, the Lord said to Aaron, remind these people daily that I am a generous God. Now, you've got, you've got to picture this, and some of you can, can feel this. You can picture this. This is a daily journey through the wilderness, through a nothingness, and daily, they only have manna in the morning, rain down. Only sufficient for today. No security for tomorrow. Some of us know what that feels like. Only sufficient for today. No security for tomorrow. And coming from a system that is built on anxiety, Pharaoh's system that is built on, on, on anxiety, that builds up war, uh, cities filled with uh, pyramids, filled with grain, with storehouses for the future because of the anxiety of the culture, with Pharaoh himself fearing having nightmares of scarcity while he's building storehouses and storehouses with grain. You know, coming from a culture where we have to provide for tomorrow ourselves because if, it, if I don't, I will have nothing tomorrow. God, on a daily basis, tell these people that I've saved, saved from this culture, tell them daily that I am a generous God, that I bless them. Like the psalmist says, I open up my hand to satisfy the desire of every living thing. But later on, Paul would say to the people, to the church, he would say to the people, listen, tell these people of God that he who did not spare his son for us, how much more will he not also with him freely give us all things? It doesn't matter what translation you read. That reads the same. That God is a generous. See the generosity of God. Don't think he will hold back on what you need. See the generosity of God. Don't think. Tell these people daily that I am a generous God who freely gives 
you know, he, he's a generous God. It's amazing, that text, it freaks me out the first time I read it. But that text, word, the word there, bless, is the, word, the Hebrew word for barak, which means to kneel down and serve the others. Now, if it freaks us out to think that God says, tell these people daily that I'm a God who delights in serving the needs of my people. We don't like that, but we have the reference of Jesus, who on the night of his betrayal bowed down and baracked and served his disciples in their need. And he says, this is who I am. This is, if you see me, you see the Father. This is the generosity. This is the, the humility of the generous God who loves to serve you in your needs. This is the type of God that we serve. And he says, tell these people every day that they come from Egypt and the gods were fearful and the gods were fearsome and the gods were high and mighty. And if you don't do right, he chops off your heads. Tell these people that I'm not like them. I'm a God who journeys with my people through the wilderness and I delight to serve the needs of my people. I am a generous God. This is who I am. And that's why Jesus said, ask that your joy may be full. Ask that your joy. You have not because you ask not. Tell these people that I am a generous God. Encourage them. It's a time of scarcity, but I'm generous. Not just I will be generous. Today they will have sufficiency. They will have sufficient for today. That's Jesus' message about the birds and the lilies, the same thing. Secondly, he says, tell these people every single day, the Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. Yochela. Walking through the wilderness, <laughs> barbarians, scorpions, wild animals, serpents. As a dad, I would be freaked out to take my small kids <laughs> through the wilderness and walk into a, a nothingness with no defensive walls, with no armies. It's just a vulnerable people moving through the wilderness, tracking through the wilderness. And he says, tell these people, I know, I know that they're fearful, but tell them every single day that I am with them. I'm the Lord who keeps them. I'm the strong one who watches them. I'm the wall of fire. Later on, while they, when they returned from exile and Jerusalem didn't have any walls, the prophet Zephaniah said to them again, God says the same word to them. He says, tell these people that I'm the Lord, the wall of fire around them, and the God of glory in their midst. I'm the God who watches over you. Psalm 121, the psalm which David wrote down. He says, your watchman, the watchman, the protector of Israel, neither slumbers or sleep. He watches over you. You know, by night, the moon won't strike you with crazy anxiety. By day, the sun won't strike you. The enemy's arrows won't strike you. I'm the God who watches over you. God is a defender of his people. And I think we in South Africa have the same level of vulnerability, of anxiety. We know it because we know how much we spend on security in every sense. We are a vulnerable people. And the Lord is saying to us today that I am the God who watches over you. The sun won't strike you by day, the moon not by night, the enemy's arrow not. I'm God who watches over you constantly. I'm the Lord who is with you. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord makes his face to shine upon you. Amen. I can't get this image out of my head. Um, years ago, I went to India on a mission trip to Bhutan, India. I can't remember. Came back. Nathan was small. The first time that I left after on a mission trip, a bit longer mission trip when my boy was born, and Mahrit and Nathan was waiting for me at Cape Town International. And I just remember 
coming through those uh, departure gates, customs, and walking through, and Nathan's ear, eyes just shot. It was two years old. No, he wasn't even two years old. Eyes shot up with tears, and he started running to me, and his face was beaming because he saw Daddy. And my face was beaming on him. And this is, this is the word used there. The Lord makes his face beam on you. God who delights in seeing you. And remember that these people came to God every single day at the, at the sin offering, the daily offering, when Aaron spoke these words to them. Every single day, these people would approach Aaron at the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, when they brought their sin offering to him. And God is saying to them, listen, Aaron, tell these people that I am not angry at them. Will you tell them that I delight in them? I know that their reference for God in the Egyptian context is that gods that are never satisfied with them, that they must always perform and just keep me happy so that I might not smite you with the disasters and plagues. Will you tell them that I delight in them? Will you tell them that I enjoy them? Will you tell them that I saved them because I delighted in them? The words of, of, of David, Psalm 118. I saved you because I delighted in you. I love you. I want you with me. And I'm taking you on a journey because I delight you in you. I love you. I really love you. I enjoy you. And saying, tell these people daily that I really enjoy them. I love them. I truly love them. They come and... Uh, they come to me knowing that they are sinful and I am holy, but will you please tell them <laughs> that the reason why I instituted this sacramental law is so that I can have them with me. I want to live with them. I save them to myself. They are a holy people. I love them. Tell them daily. And, and the image that I have is that of Nathan tearfully running and grabbing me around the neck, choking me because he missed daddy. God is saying, tell these people every day that... The harshness of the environment has nothing to do with the fact that I am not pleased with them. As a pastor, I sit with people so often in my, in my office, and the conversation, the baseline conversation is, I wonder what's wrong with my life because things are quite hard. I think God doesn't love me, or maybe I've sinned, and if I haven't sinned, then maybe my ancestors, my great-grandmother, and the third and the fourth generation, that somewhere someone did something, I must be cursed by God because life is not that simple. <laughs> and it's such a delight for me to take that person through the whole of the biblical text, and I say that in this life we will have trouble, but He's with us, His grace is sufficient for us, that the harshness of your environment, the lack of providence for a season, sickness, the lack of disaster, things could, disasters that happen is not necessarily because there's something wrong with you or that you have sinned. It's quite simply that this world is fallen. But Jesus came to embrace us in our fallenness, to live as an example in this fallenness. And he wanted to redeem us to himself because he delights in us. He really enjoys you. It's useful for us to stop before we have any prayer meeting or stop before we have any Bible reading in our devotional time and just remind ourselves that God delights in His people, that He's a dad who loves me and He's enjoying this time. He really responds whenever we draw near to Him. He draws near to us. He loves, he loves being with us. God delights us. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord makes His face shine upon you. He says, Aaron, tell these people every single day that I am gracious to my people. I'm gracious. 
I'm gracious, long-suffering, and abounding in mercy, he said to Moses. That God is gracious, and that his that nat- natural condition, his, his, the way in which his disposition of his heart towards us is that of patience. I love Psalm 103. He says, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on us because he remembers that we dust. <laughs> he remembers that we dust. He knows it. Nathan, um, I have a daughter as well. So, <laughs> Marguerite, anyway. But Nathan, Nathan, was, um, Nathan was over three when he couldn't speak. And um, coming from a family that deals with children <laughs> in neurology and development phases, you know, and uh, from a, a whole church with people that live on Tigerberg campus and work there, we were aware that this is not normal. And then, obviously, the schools are so, some of your parents, you know, the schools are so good to send occupational therapists to do marketing for their business and, <laughs> and good service and to come in and to tell you that, hmm, wow, no, no, I think whew, maybe you should just come for a checkup. And uh, so, obviously, we did. We had to. Like, just take Nathan after three, three and a half, you know. He doesn't speak yet. And I'm worried because I get nightmares of Nathan getting lost in Tiger Valley Mall and not able to tell anyone where Dad is. So I wake up at night sweating and praying. It's like, God, you've got to help me because, you know, he can't say anything. He comes back from school and he's got marks on his legs when I bath him. And he can't tell me where those marks come from. And I'm worried, you know, like, like, it's frustrated. And I can see my joyful, exuberant little boy fading away because all his friends can speak and he can't speak yet. And, he, and he, in the past, he would just engage the whole time. But then he just stopped engaging because he, I can't prate. And my heart breaks. And you would wonder that, um, you would think that, do I love Nathan less than Marguerite, his sister, because he struggles to speak? I'm like, obviously not. (laughs) Obviously, my attention goes that way, you know, because I know that he's fallible. I know there's something that is bothering him because I know that he's dust. A father has compassion on his children because he knows. So for us struggling with, with a certain thing in your life which you constantly keep on tripping over, it's not as though God becomes impatient with you and shuns you away. The Bible says exactly because he knows you are dust. He's drawn towards you, and he showers grace and mercy on you even more. With sin abounds, grace abounds even more. God's grace is available, made available to us because of our fallibility. You know, there's a text that just says um, in this context, because he's saying this to the people coming for their daily offering. And he says, tell these people that I am a gracious God. I am grace. I am slow to slow to anger. I'm compassionate in my nature. It's amazing. The picture, I, I never, I missed this as a young Christian. They would take a, a little goat or a pigeon, if you're poor, to the, to the offering because you're aware of your fallibility. You take this. And I always remember, I mean, coming from a German South African culture, it's just hard to, it's just hard to oneself, ne? Like, I know there are other German people here as well, Afrikaans people. It's just hard to oneself. Our culture is hard on ourselves because we have to keep it together, you know. And he brought this, um, he would take this, and then the Bible says that before you offer this, 
The priest must come and inspect to see that there is nothing wrong with this offering so that this offering can be received by God. You know, you have to bring your best to God. And it's amazing to me that I always felt this, I had to check myself and perform right because otherwise God is not going to accept me because I have to be perfect. But it's so stupid because the priest never, ever inspected the one who brings the offering. The priest only inspects the gift because the assumption is the one who brings the offering <laughs> is the reason why you need to bring this offering, dude. It's like, I don't need to check you out. It's like someone bringing your car for a service and checking whether your car is perfect to be serviced. I mean, it's like, <laughs> the reason why I bring this is because I know this is broken, man. Only inspects the gift. Only inspects the lamb. Only inspects... And we know that the lamb is perfect, without spot and blemish. And his name is Jesus. And if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins. And I always wondered at that faithful and just. I mean, it's, it's, we get to know that God is faithful. He's constant. His nature is true, that he forgives those who fail. It's his nature. But he's just as well. He's absolutely fair. It would be unfair for God to forgive me my sins if I come for the tenth time, because a penalty was paid for the forgiveness of sins. For those of you struggling with a constant weakness, maybe you get angry at your children over and over again. Maybe you've stopped being angry, you know? <laughs> you've given up. Or maybe, maybe there's another constant failure in your life. God just wants to encourage you today in saying that He is gracious. He is faithful and just. He is gracious. So the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord makes his face to shine upon you. The Lord is gracious towards you. And then this beautiful one, the Lord lifts up his head whenever you approach him. I love that one. God who is attentive. A father who is not too busy with his work not too preoccupied, not too distracted, not too indifferent to notice a need <clears throat> of his children. He's saying that I know that you were slaves for 400 years in Egypt. I know that no one cared about you. I know that for 400 years, no one bothered to, to notice you, that you were just a number, and if you'd fall over dead, they would just kick you to the side and get someone else to do the job because you're not important, just the job that you do. And God is saying, please, the first thing that you need to tell these people who were slaves in Egypt, that you're not slaved anymore. Will you tell these people the words that will be repeated forever and ever until Revelation, they will sing the song about you, that you are holy, that you are kingly, royal people, and that you are priests. And, and these people knew what that meant because they knew that the only important people in Egypt were the priests and the royal family. So that's the only people that mattered. It's the only people. And God is saying, if you want to know who you are, you were, used to be called Hebrews, literally meaning second-hand citizens. You are not subhuman anymore. You are holy, called out, select, my special people, chosen. You are kings, and you are priests. That's who you are to me. Tell these people that I pay attention. Tell these people that they matter. Tell these people that when they speak and when they approach me, I notice them. I delight in them, but I pay attention. Tell these people that when they pray, I hear. Tell these people, and he would say this for, for years later, that my arm is not too short to save, my ear is not too deaf to hear, that I'm the God who watches over you. I notice you, that your desires are important to me. 
God's saying, tell these people that you matter to me. Don't think that you do not matter. Don't think that the harshness of your condition that you're going through has anything to do with the fact that I don't hear your prayers. God says, whenever you speak, I hear. I remember there was a time in my life, I was a young pastor. It might have been recently as well, so don't think too much. Anyway, but just like it was a while, <laughs> it was a young pastor. And I remember <clears throat> at some point I just said to God, I don't know, but I just, I just stopped praying. I, I've stopped praying for the church. I've just stopped praying. I don't know why. I just... Maybe I'm a little burnt out. I don't know. I just stopped praying. And then while we're still saying this today, I clearly heard Jesus saying to me, Ross, I know your voice. I listen when you talk. It was such a reaffirming thing that God notices that my voice is important to him, that my silent prayers are noticed by him. And you'll see through the text of the scriptures, that is one constant, that whether Isaac is, Isaac is praying, Isaac's servant is praying, quietly in his heart, the Bible says before he stopped praying, he would see Rebecca, you know, that story. It's like God notices the quiet prayers and the notice. The Lord says to you that if it's going wild with you, if you can identify feeling vulnerable, the Lord's saying, I notice you. Don't stop talking. Don't stop talking. I'm with you. And then the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord makes his face to shine upon you. The Lord is gracious to you. The Lord pays attention, lifts up his head. And then the last one, tell these people, I want to bless them with shalom, with peace, prosperity, wellness, wholeness, fruitfulness. Tell these people that my heart for them is that they experience abundance of life, life and life in abundance. Jesus said, I've come to give you life in abundance. Tell these people that my heart for them is that. And at the moment, they're going through a space of scarcity and vulnerability. At the moment, things are not that well. Tell them that's where they are moving towards at the moment. But tell them there will be a time when there will be sufficiency and plenty and joy. Tell them that I am taking them to a land filled with milk and honey. But he's not saying that one day I want to bless you with shalom. God is saying today, tell these people today that in this space, I want to bless them with shalom. You can have sufficiency. You will have sufficient for today. Today, you will know that my ears are open and my heart is with you, that I'm joining you, that I delight in you, that today you will have sufficiency for today, today you will be safe, that God is saying today you can have shalom because I am with you. I want to fill you with joy from my presence. Today I want to bless you with that. That's my heart for you today. Not just one day. God say I want to give it to you today. That's the text, Isaiah 55, well-known text. One of the texts I know that I heard my mom praying Early in the morning, as I went out as a young boy delivering newspapers in Johannesburg, I would walk past my mom's room, and uh, she would pray in the, in the study. And I would hear that she's praying so, this psalm, where it says, it, it's that text where it says, all your children will be taught by the Lord. <laughs> and she was just praying that text over us daily. But uh, it's, I never get, nearly got tearful now. But anyway, so moving through that, she was saying, there's a text, a few verses, I think verse 10, that it says, 10 to 13, it says, Though the mountains may depart and the hills be removed, it says that my covenant of peace will not be taken from you, nor will my kindness be removed from you, says the Lord. Compassion. The Lord who has compassion on you. God is saying this one thing to Israel. It's not, I've bound myself to you based on my goodness and my faithfulness, not based on your performance. Know this, that even though Table Mountain goes for a swim, and even though Simonsburg falls over, 
God is saying that my covenant of shalom, my bond of peace, my promise of bringing you fullness and welfare will not be taken away from you because I have compassion on you. Again, because I have compassion, not based on your performance, exactly because I know that you can't keep it up. You can't keep it together. I can, God says. And it's a beautiful text. The Lord bless you. God is generous. The Lord keep you. God is your watchman. He is your watchman today. He is your watchman. The Lord makes his face to shine upon you. He delights in you. You have to own it. The Lord is gracious towards you. He knows that you're dust. If you can't keep it together, it doesn't surprise him. That's why he sent Jesus. That's why he came to redeem you. He knows it. You'll never save yourself. You'll never keep it together. He knows that you're dust. And the Lord bless you with peace and he pays attention to you. But then get what he says. He says, in doing this, in reminding these people daily, in encouraging these people daily by reminding them who I am, he says to them this. He says, in doing so, you will put my name on them. You will mark them as mine. They will become like me. Israel was meant to be. God saved Israel to himself to partner with him in his salvific, and he brings shalom to the world. That's the goal of Israel, and that's the goal of the church. And this is my prayer for you as a church as well. My prayer for you as a church is this, that you become a generous people. Once you know that God is a generous God and that you will never lack anything, you can open up your hand and satisfy the desire of whoever comes by because you know that God is generous. You know that it's not based on your performance, what you have, but based on His generosity, that you will become a generous people, common ground. That you'll become a people that protects the vulnerable. The poor. I, was so, I know, that, I know what, what Mike and the guys do, but it's so nice to hear what your elders shared earlier. That as a church, you are so involved in social justice and the forgotten, the poor, the ostracized in the community, partnering with FCD, partnering with MES, partnering with so many other organizations. But as a church, as a people that you become, and you have embraced it, but that as a people that you become the protector of those who are vulnerable, the poor, the widows, the orphans in society, the foreigners who live among us. Because you're taking on God's nature. God is saying, encourage these people daily this, and then and that they will also become a compassionate, forgiving people who easily forgives because you know you yourself can't keep it together. <laughs> so it's easy for you to forgive, to take on the nature of God that you also forgive. Tell these people daily that I am a God who pays attention to them, that delights in them, so that you can also delight in anyone else who is not part of your tribe because you recognize the face of God in that person. He's created in the image of God. And then lastly, you'll also become a people that not just receive the peace of God, but seek the peace of the city, the shalom of the city in which you live in, that where God has placed you, that you'll become peacemakers, James 3.18, sow seeds of peace that a forest of shalom may spring up, trees of peace may spring up in your community. And the last thing I want to bless you with is this is how the text ends. It says, speak it over them daily. And then the Lord says, watch me do it. <laughs> watch me do it. Watch me bless them. Watch me prosper them. Watch me protect them. Watch me show my compassion on them, even though they can't keep it together. Watch me says God, because I will do it among you. And I want to pray for us now, and perhaps it's a good way to end this will simply just be to 
to look at the person sitting across from the table. Perhaps there is someone relatively friendly at your table. And if you're an introvert, you don't have to do anything. You can just, someone can do something with you. <laughs> but this, just to speak, I'm going to pray the prayer now. And I'd like you just to maybe tell the person across from the table from you that today, if you were to ask me in which category of vulnerability I am, then perhaps it will be just in, the, in terms of, you know, I, I, feel, I feel as though I, I can't keep it together, you know. I need to experience God's mercy, His grace, His compassionate forgiveness for me. I need to know that God still likes me, even though I mess up the whole time. Or perhaps you can say, it doesn't feel as though God smiles at me. I haven't seen God smiling at me for a while. Or perhaps you'll say, I really just feel afraid. I feel anxious. I need, I need to know that God is going to protect me, that He's the wall of fire all around me. You know, He's the, he's the God who is with me. I, I need to know that. Or perhaps you can say that I really have basic, basic needs for this week, for this month. <laughs> I need God's assurance that God will provide for me. And the Bible says that we are a kingdom of priests. And if you bless him, God says, watch me do it. Watch me do it. Can we do that? I'll pray for us and then you can smile at the person next to you and perhaps just bless them. So Father, I thank you, God, for the gift of being among your people, your delighted ones, your joyful ones. God, uh, this community, God, who's doing so well who's really doing so well, God, in, in living out your grace and peace. And now in Jesus' name, Father, I pray for this church. I pray, Lord, that you will bless them. I pray, Lord, that you will protect them, that they will know you as the God who is with them as a mighty warrior. And they will, they will know you, God, as the God who is paying attention and delights in them, who lifts up his face and makes his face shine upon them, that you pay attention, notice them, and delight in them. I pray that they will know you as a God who is gracious. God, even if we can't keep it together, God, the mountains won't fall. But even if it does, your faithfulness remains the same. Your mercy remains the same. And I pray for them, God, that they will know your shalom, that they will dwell in wellness. In Jesus' name, amen.